With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, this is host Mike. And before we get to the episode momentarily, uh, everybody at PLP wants to send their condolences to Robin Miller and his family. We recorded last night before... Robin's news came out this morning, so did just want to make a comment on that and, and make sure you guys didn't think we were glossing over something so important. So Robin was a legend, and, and he will be missed, and I'll tell a, a quick 20-second story. The, the last time I saw him was at IMS a few weeks ago, and he stopped me in the hall and, and told me to keep working hard, and, and I would be successful if, if I did so, and that really meant a lot to me that that he even remembered who who somebody like me was so i appreciate that and rest in peace robin miller Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. I am very happy to be joined by Matthew, and even more happy to be joined by Shannon McBridge. Lady and gentleman, a gentleman, how are we tonight? Apparently words are hard and we're 21 seconds into the episode. What's, what's wrong with you? Why are you so upbeat? You know, I just you just have to be upbeat no matter what. You just have to be upbeat. Would you go to like a TED talk over the weekend or something? Um, no, I was with Shannon all weekend. She can confirm I was not, in fact, at a TED talk. I can't confirm nor deny. No, yes, yes, you can. She's not your schedule keeper. But <laughs> we were literally in the same Airbnb if we weren't at the oh. racetrack. Oh no! Yeah, let's get to that while we're oh, there. No. Thanks, thanks oh, for the no. segue. So, what is the difference between a pterodactyl and a tyrannosaurus rex a pterodactyl flies no i wanted the dinosaur expert now that their airbnb experience is over i want the dinosaur experts opinion here one of them can fly and one of them can't you're ruining the joke the joke is supposed to be you're supposed to describe the we'll say amenities of your airbnb all right. So for those wondering, also check Shannon's Twitter uh, from Saturday night. Maybe we can convince her to reshare it on Thursday this week. But nonetheless, I chose Airbnb in St. Louis based on location because it's it's got some parts of the city that are a little a little sketchy, and you know I want everybody to be okay. It was me, Shannon, uh, Frenchie, and Kevin Dujewski from. Motor, motorsport week i almost forgot who he rode for <laughs> you said that with a lot of confidence yeah i'm not i'm not definitely not confident right now in that one and you know that's kind of all i i looked at i saw there were 
there were multiple bedrooms. There was a shower that looked, you know, the bathroom looked <laughs> clean. They had a so, shower. That's nice. You know, so it had parking because I knew both Shannon and, and Kevin would be driving. So, you know, that's kind of what I did. And when I got there, I realized that each room had a description. So we're going to. We're going to spend a few minutes on this, guys. So, you you know, I'm sorry, but it's it's probably necessary because y'all are going to laugh at me immensely. There was the fairy room, which had a lot of strange, like, mush- a flag with, like, mushrooms on it and, like, gnomes that had noses that were shaped like phallic objects. There was... <laughs> wait, but wait, wait. It was also, like, hanging up on the wall over the bed. Yes. Phallic man was hanging over the bed. <laughs> I don't I don't even need you to continue to know that. If you have a chance to stay in an Airbnb with Mike in a city with a high probability of being murdered, you probably should just not because... We didn't get murdered. Well, in Detroit, we didn't get murdered because there was bars on our window. Yep, you're welcome. Well, the Airbnb driver said, don't walk down streets that don't have lights on it, and none of our street had lights on. Yeah, and we're guess what? We're still talking, and that was like two years ago, so you're welcome. I kept you safe. Yes, I felt extremely safe the entire time. Okay, well, and anyway, betrayed. moving on into the rest of the Airbnb, we actually, we're going to skip to the front bedroom. The front bedroom was the native room. There was dream catchers everywhere, a chair that had like was like shaped like a bear, there might have, I don't really remember. Shannon, was, was there anything else from that one I was missing? Uh, no. It had closets that were full of mirrors. Like the mirror, the closet doors were, were yeah. mirrors. And you was could this? see the, some sort of, was, was that a mermaid? <laughs> was that picture? Oh, no. It was a, it was like a Native American woman with a baby. And you called it a oh. mermaid with a fish. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Hang on a second. Was this like tastefully done or was this kind of like racially insensitive? Neither. 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 It wasn't tasteful it nor was racially insensitive. Genuinely. I think it was genuinely supportive. Just oh. terribly like paying, decorated. Paying homage, but just lacked execution correct okay then there was the living room with some very strange sculptures i don't even know really how to describe them there were a lot of dolls wait they yeah. weren't dinosaurs oh wait. we'll get we'll get there we're oh, not there okay. we're saving the wait, best wait. for last okay. we're then saving the best is, for last i was like then my joke is really bad yeah <laughs> so I then there was dinosaurs yes yes matthew don't worry we'll get well, there i didn't know this was like a palace jeez I mean, it wasn't, but it wasn't that big. But, you know, each room had a story to tell. Yeah. The middle room had a bunk bed. It was dinosaur-themed bedding. There was actually a dino head that you could wear on the top bed. Shannon did put it on for a picture. I, I don't know I don't know if she wants me to share that one out. But, I don't care. You, not, oh, with it, you, can. you act like That's she has a choice in that. I know. Well... <laughs> You know, I try, I try to be nice every once in a while to some people. Why? I don't know. I guess okay. I shouldn't. You call me old like every 15 seconds. Yeah, I, I'm try giving you an open invite to drag me on social media. But you're just so like, you're so you're such a good person. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's like the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's like a half correct. Yeah. I can be an asshole, but. I mean, you have your moments, but yeah. not to me, so I don't really care. No, 
I've gotten better at it over the years to yeah. the dismay of Jake Neely. He's like, why aren't yeah. you a dick to people anymore? I'm like, because there's just better things to do and there's short life to live. So why be an asshole yeah. when you don't have to be? Yeah. So anyway, the dinosaurs, <laughs> all, the dinosaur <laughs> bed. like, well, I'm not. <laughs> dinosaur, yeah, enough of this like philosophical know, crap. Though. Sorry. Um, fuck dinosaurs. NASCAR or something, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Boo NASCAR. Dinosaurs. dinosaurs. So dinosaurs. the dinos- dinosaurs. Oh. Yeah, that's mean. Well, the, it, okay. The dinosaur that's room also fun. had a crib in it, just in case, like, you brought a child. And oh, so lighting and a place to sleep. Lighting, a place to <laughs> sleep. Oh, that's that's mean. Well, can you guys, okay, I'm trying to he offset did. the fact that you just called me he nice. Did. Yeah, yeah. Lighting had a place to sleep, and then they had a little table that was like right next to the the uh, door leading near the bathroom, and it had a. a probably 25 little dinosaur plastic figurines and there was a lot of them and they were all lined up very specifically like they were placed in that spot for reason and it was just it was and there was also dinosaurs painted on each wall we actually at one point we gave the dinosaurs names i can't remember any of them because that was like thursday night at three in the morning but dalton dalton one dalton two dalton no one of them was george Yes. One of them was George. After our buddy George. Was it a gator? No, it was definitely not a gator. It was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then the Brontosaurus, I don't remember what we named him. That was was too late in the evening. So, now that we've talked about my ridiculous Airbnb for eight minutes, it did have a really cute dog upstairs, by the way. Charlie was very fun to play with. The dog came down and said hello for a couple of minutes. Was the yeah. owner, whatever, tenant person there? Yes. Upstairs, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes me like, oh, hey, I love the dinosaur look. I think they smoked a lot of pot <laughs> upstairs. Like, a lot, a lot of pot. Mike, you just got secondhand arrested. Yeah. Well, you know, it's legal it? in Missouri. Just kidding. You're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not in Missouri, yeah. but, oh, I no, I was in Illinois. I don't know. Where, where was where was the no, Airbnb? We Missouri. Oh, then you're fine. Yeah, if you're in Illinois. No, wait, no, it's legal in Illinois. It's not legal in Missouri. So yeah, Uh-oh. you just got. I'm gonna report you or something. Oh no. Well, no, no. Like you're legally obligated to throw this person under the bus. Well, Matt, Shan- Shannon can take over for me, so you guys can do the editing and all. Well, that she was there stuff. too. So basically, hi guys, I'm Matt Hickey, and this is now my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. So I'm glad you guys didn't die. I appreciate the people who voted on Twitter about the most dramatic moment of the weekend being that they did not get killed in their airbnb it is a 50 50 shot really i don't know i i've heard there is a thing called a hotel that we could probably stay in in detroit next time um but you know when you're when you're trying to like fit like three or four people and and you know be economical about everything airbnb is just way easier except when they charge you a 99 dollar cleaning fee yeah we were looking at portland airbnbs uh kevin dejewski and i and you're getting murdered there too yeah uh and the cleaning fee on some of them yeah i had shannon pick them by the way i i did not God. do the research see she can, this is why we a, hired her she'd be a resident travel expert yeah lighting will fly us there uh shannon will pick out the place to stay and me and david will get everybody drunk no wait no me and frenchie will get everybody drunk and he'll okay. provide the eight you know the world-class cheese and then you just make sure you bring on the equipment and stuff did I miss world class cheese? Frenchie. 
He told me what Gruyere was. I don't know what. Didn't I didn't know what the, He didn't bring. All right. Well, we're gonna have to re- we're gonna have to reevaluate this. Yeah. Anyways, there was a race in St. Louis. Was well, it? actually, well, it was in Madison, which I've yeah. heard is not the best area in the world, according to my family that lives in that area. That's neither here nor there, though, because Gateway is an awesome track. The uh, top five from the race was Joseph Newgarden, continues his comeback story, followed by Pato, Power, McLaughlin, and Bourdais. I think that top five is probably the least interesting thing about that whole race because we had a lot happen. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty quiet race. Yeah, there was nothing nothing yeah. happening. I, should we just should we go most dramatic to least dramatic, or should we go chronological? How are we feeling tonight? Whatever the most violent approach is, I choose All right, violence. Well, let's, we're choosing violence. All right, Rena's VK. Go ahead, Shannon. I didn't see it happen, like how it went down until the replay, and I actually didn't even see it until he was saying that it wasn't his fault. Um, from the original replay, it didn't really look like it was his fault. It looked like somebody in front of him checked up, which caused a domino effect. But um, I don't know. Him not taking any responsibility for it seems a bit sketch. And he took out two title contenders. So I think, you know, kind of expanding on, on what you said, it's like a multi-pronged thing. Like, I think his angle into the corner was way too low. Like, he was not going to apex that corner in the slightest. He broke way too late. Probably as a result of something going on in front of him, which multiple drivers alluded to after the race. Uh, If you look at a replay again, I think you'll also see Dixon at first move to the right, kind of heading into the corner, and then move back down a little bit because he was about to block, I guess it was Polo, and then... As he went down, VK was overshooting the corner and caused a massive pileup. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, Renus probably should have had better awareness at where he was because he just wasn't going to make the corner, I don't think, being that low. But, man, his his post crash answer was a no bueno and then uh shannon and i did walk by him and his dad screaming at each other towards towards the very end of the race i don't know what was being said i don't know if it was in dutch because it was very loud because there was you know a race going on but it was very animated so yeah i'm i'm gonna put the uh majority of the blame here on renus and i i that's just a mistake you can't make yeah, it's it's hard for me to view it any other way other than saying, like, you know, it was a circumstantial thing, but at the same time, you just can't run into the guy in front of you. And it, it especially, like, there's certain times where it's like a restart where you're everybody's so compact and everybody checks up. To me, that's like, a, like you know, we talked about Pietro Fittipaldi in Texas. Like, you know, it's hard to blame him just because he's the guy that hit the first person doesn't make it, it was his fault versus this to my eyes kind of seemed pretty square on Renus. I have Polo looked super hot when he got out of the car, but his interview was pretty classy. Dixon was pretty classy, all things considered. Um it was just a it was just a weird one. It's just so odd that two of the championship leaders that were both teammates got taken out in the in the process. That's obviously bad news for the championship. 
the other one that I wanted to touch on before I ask kind of like a larger. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Before before we move on, and I don't know if you want to discuss this like later or now, but Dixon's post race comments. Should we save that for later, or do you want to go through that now? Is it about restarts? Yeah, yeah, and the erratic driving and and all that stuff. So the other one that I kind of want to touch on, because, you know, the Jones-Rayhall one wasn't on the restart. There was some other crazy kind of restarts, but the one that also stood out was the contact between Newgarden and Paginot on the second restart that broke Paginot's front wing. Uh, looked like Paginot was square on the apex, and Newgarden chopped him a little bit. Broke his front wing, thankfully. Uh, aero screen protected drivers like Felix Rosenquist uh, as the video from McLaren saw today that debris hit his like not his TV onboard camera but like the team's onboard camera uh, so that could have been bad I uh, was so glad the aero screen was there to protect him but so there was that one and then yeah it just like even Newgarden's last restart c- exits turn four and immediately you know ducks to the bottom and drivers weaving in and out and full sending it so what were your guys's overall impression on the restarts and should Newgarden have gotten a penalty for that contact uh i'll take it here since shannon got to go first last time i'll start with the Newgarden one it's hard to i don't feel like that's an avoidable contact penalty sort of situation Newgarden took a bit of a high line into a corner looked like he was giving plenty of space Obviously, came down out of the top because there was probably less grip. I think he was pretty high up there going into the corner. So he comes down just to, you know, maybe not great spatial awareness by by Newgarden. But at the same time, Paginot was sending it in there. So I feel like you could say both guys did something slightly wrong, but not egregiously wrong. Like, I don't think the people that were saying Newgarden is a dirty driver because of that are are even close to right but yeah I don't think I have anything else to add to that but the restarts man they were there was a couple I think every every driver who led a restart had some ridiculous move like where they were darting way to the left or darting way to the right and same thing with the guy in second place like I think Pato had one that I thought oh boy like he's gonna go into that that the was the one that VK crashed on because yeah. well, not the he was trying to make a three wide on Rossi and somebody, and then all of a sudden there was there was violence behind him. Yeah, and you know, God, it's just like, and I I don't know what it is if 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 maybe we need to like go into off season testing and practice you know, maybe to do like the the off season thing at Coda again open open test. And literally do some mock restarts because, again, it was like guys who were third or fourth were jumping the gun and then realizing, oh, the uh, first place guy isn't ready and now we have to back off and chaos ensues. There were a few people I heard. I don't remember where I saw this was. And I'm sorry. I think I think somebody texted me this and I don't remember who you are. So I'm sorry if I'm forgetting who you are. But <laughs> Yeah. Of your life. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who invited you on? <laughs> Rude. You did. Yeah. The it, it, it's like these these guys just forgot that the leader dictates the pace. It's not you know the the leader chooses when to go, 
you know, there's a quote unquote kind of hold your horses, ma'am. There is a a mark, you know, when they when the green flag waves. Okay, it's you can go, but it's it's up to the leader on when exactly to go. And I'd much rather a leader pull a Colton Herda and kind of slowly take their time and and pack everybody up versus Elio, who's three corners ahead of ahead of everybody at every restart. And I made that joke during the race, and I knew immediately Matt would appreciate that when I said it during the show. Anybody Shannon, knows Elio gets my appreciation. So mine isn't so much about the restarts. Well, it is a little bit, but <clears throat> I think that the reason it gets so dicey is because it's so hard to pass still. And so they only have the opportunity to pass anybody on restarts. And so that's why it looks like chaos every time because there's, you know, top 10 cars at the very least trying to get ahead. Yeah, that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Except my voice, uh, my voice sounds <laughs> annoying and yours doesn't, so um, I can but try to add on to that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was it for me. I mean, it was if you create circumstances where it's very difficult to pass, then you know you got to go for it on the restart. I guess just gotta full send it and hope for the best. And I think the new engines will help, and I think uh, redesigning that front wing, and we will probably say that after every oval race we continue to do is it. Uh, read well no because they were using the speedway or they were using the short speedway package so i don't know if the front wing has as much of an effect at places like gateway in iowa as it would at like an indy if it's these circumstances continue yeah you're going to continue to see pretty crazy restarts because they got no kind of better chances to pass really we can talk about roman grosjean's debut he had some really good passes uh Ooh. despite nobody else making a lot of overtakes i'm not quite sure i i was trying to review the the data and the film and i feel like his 14th was not really where he was supposed to end up do we know what really did he get burned by a yellow or something or didn't he get a penalty no so what happened was oh he got caught in the yellow he got caught in the yellow i think he pit and then it went yellow so he wasn't able to like cycle back around and and get his lap back so it's just because I knew his 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 form was way better in 14th. I can tell you yes. that. I was thinking he'd like based on how it shook out. I was expecting him in the ninth, eighth region. Uh, it was really thrilling to watch him take, you know, overtakes and even then, like a couple times, like he drove the car in deep to a corner, swung out wide, and then like throttled it on the inside, which is kind of a road course move to do. Yeah. So it seemed like he was like trying to apply his, you know, brilliant road course racecraft onto the ovals. And I think, you know, sky's the limit now. Now that he did Gateway, which is one of the harder tracks to pass, he's gonna have no problem in Iowa next year for sure. Oh, I uh, can't pass- wait to see that. Yeah, he's gonna have a blast at Iowa passing people. Um so do you guys have any more thoughts on, on Grosjean there? I mean, well done, the smile after you know you know what I'll say two things. His smile after the race was really good to see that he wasn't like, oh my God, what the hell did I just get myself into? But also during the race, I would occasionally flip over to his radio and he was getting pissed when things weren't going his way. And, you know, before the race, he was, oh, this is my, you know, my first oval, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then, you know, like any competitor and any athlete, you get in the heat of the moment and things aren't going your way. And he's, he's gone, I don't, I can't figure out these cold tires. I don't know. This isn't what I'm used to. And, you know, he's getting real angry. Like, I love that passion. Like, that to me is, you know, passion that he, 
that I want to see if he's going to be, you know, competing at the 500 or Iowa or whatever next year. Like that, that to me, like that's what you want to see from somebody who is doing their first oval. Like if, if they're in the race going, Holy shit, I don't know. This is crazy. I'm, I'm dizzy. I can't do this. Like, yeah, it's probably not built for it, but he's built for it. So we were standing in Penske's pits watching the race and Mike, I don't know where you went maybe to track down Dixon or something, but the the crew guys were just like audibly cheering him on. And I just think like the love that the paddock has for him being there and him doing well, I just love it so much. Yeah. His, his, his cheer went during the driver intros probably matched Tony Kanaan. If not, it was pretty damn close to it. Yeah. People love to see it, man. Also, what the guy who runs his TikTok account or like does the TikToks for him, that guy's the man. I need to meet him. He's awesome. I'm just not he confident is. which one it is. I think it's the one guy you and I ran into, but or it is. but I'm like I don't want to be like, are you the TikTok guy? Because that, <laughs> that might sound kind of weird. I think he's his all social media guy. Okay, I'm pretty but sure we're gonna yeah. call him the TikTok guy. <clears throat> if That's if fine. people show up to a racetrack and see a male in a pit lane parlay polo, they're gonna say, are you the old guy? But you also have a pit lane parlay polo. Do I look old? The fact that you said pit lane parlay polo <laughs> so fast. <laughs> say that four times fast. I, I can't. can't say once fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen to you one day. Are you the old guy? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I do love Mike for those out there wondering. Just, just enough. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, the, there's... Basically, two more topics I want to touch on, and then we can throw it to you guys if I missed anything. So, for well, I'm sorry, we just got to get a quick, quick, uh, just a one word yes, no answer. Was it Ed Jones's fault? Yes. Yes. All right, got that settled. It's a three zero yes. So that is a sample that 100 percent of Americans believe that it was Ed Jones's <laughs> fault for wrecking Graham Ray Hall. Well, sample size is very small here, but I will take well, I will we, take credit for we it. We have determined that, so it's just science. It's okay, All right. people. All right. Secondly, Andretti Autosport had another terrible day. Uh, Colton Herta arguably had the fastest car. Rossi was running a theoretical third before crashing on his own. Uh, Herta did break his drive shaft on his second to last pit stop. Harvey was kind of not really anywhere. Hunter Ray was running somewhere close to a theoretical top five before that last caution burned him. Uh, so Rossi crashing really just screwed Hunter Ray. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like we're getting close to burning it down and restarting. Uh, is there anything the team can Oh, and Hinch had his issue before the race even started. Um, I wasn't very confident that he was going to skyrocket through the field anyways, but... Uh, but it's like, man, they're not even giving them a freaking chance. No. They're, I mean, like, because three of those are... Uh, I don't know what happened to Hinch. Steering wheel electronic issue before that's. The- just, I don't know if that's just, like, a, a racing thing or a team thing or a Cosworth thing or what happened there. Rossi's obviously self-inflicted, and I don't know enough about racing to know if what Colton Herta did was self-inflicted. I mean, I knew, like, when Marco Andretti was, like, in his first two years of his career, it happened, like, four or five times i'm like that's one of those things where like i really don't think that's an accident if it's happening like over and over again uh but this is the I, first time that i can remember that herta did it so i don't really know if it was like a driver issue i did notice when he pulled out of the pits it was a very like it felt like 
he was in that tire spin phase of pit exit for an abnormally long time and the car wasn't getting up to speed. And again, I am no components expert on drive shafts and whatnot. I wouldn't think it's his fault because you know that doesn't really happen too often in IndyCar anymore, but there were plenty of people on Twitter who made the Marco Colton illusions Saturday night. Shannon doesn't Shannon has no opinion on this one. I guess. I don't know. I don't I'm just frustrated with Andretti Autosport. So I don't know at this point. And I think the drivers are too. So it's like it's a no win situation. So let me ask let me ask you guys this and we'll start with Shannon. So there, you know, the the hot rumor is Roman Grosjean is going to Andretti. I think we can see we we will see that confirmed. <clears throat> but if you're Roman Grosjean and you're seeing what's going on at at Andretti this year, are you kind of thinking maybe I should just stay with Dale Coyne? Maybe you know that 18 maybe he gets put into the 18 car and I I don't know. No. No, okay. I still think that's a real big gamble to to choose Dale Coyne over Andretti. I just think and i mean michael andretti said it they're in for a big overhaul so i guess we'll just wait and see what happens with that but surely it can't be i mean i said it i think i said the last time i was on here those drivers didn't just lose their talent like they just didn't go away so there has to be something on the engineering side that isn't compatible or whatever. And if it's the aero screens, then they got to figure that out. It's now the weight of the car, then they got to figure that out. But um, I don't know. I still think it would be a bad call for him to stay with Dale Coyne. Yeah, it'd be like taking Steak and Shake over Texas Roadhouse. Ooh. That's not even the same. Yeah, no. They both serve <laughs> meat. Yeah, but one's like fast food and one's like sit down. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. You Dale Coyne is fast food and Andretti. All right, listen, you you Gen Zer. What <laughs> Gen Z? <laughs> okay, the the more oh, appropriate man. would be like That's... picking Texas Roadhouse over St. Elmo's. You're never yes. gonna pick Texas Roadhouse over St. Elmo's. I'm not. I don't know what St. Elmo's is. Ah, uh, it's a really year. stupid, nice steakhouse in Indy. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Like they're very famous for their shrimp cocktail. Oh, it's so good. Shout out Steak Elmo's. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway. Like their shrimp steakhouse? Yeah. Shrimp, yeah. yeah. It's an appetizer. Do you eat out? <laughs> I eat out all the time. I, uh, yeah, but he gets yeah, like it's not... fast food. He gets like no, these weird we actually, <laughs> I don't get fast food as often as Mike might think I do. It seems like every week, but then again, I only see your Monday McHickey chicken oh, nasty posts. After last night's uh, preseason, there might be zero of those this season. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Shannon told me she's going to buy an Xbox so she can she can get into the league. I I just wanted to get her reaction. That was a resounding no. <laughs> Shannon, no. No, Shannon's not. I got to no. see if the, the gamer tag Shannon McBridge is taken. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Oh my god, if Shannon McBridge is a gamertag available, I'm changing my gamertag oh to no. McBridge. It's $15. <laughs> That's fine. I'll, 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 <laughs> it's worth it. Um, back to racing. So Pato now has the championship lead, I believe. Is racing reference right this week? They yes, are. racing reference is, wi- is right this yeah, week. Yeah, by 10. 10 points, and then Newgarden is now third. Oh god. Imagine if, New- Imagine if Newgarden didn't take out half the field at Barber. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's crazy is he's 22 points back, which is easily within striking distance. Three races to go. Polo's got the pressure on him now. Pato's got pressure on him. Both are first, you know, the first time they've been in one, two in the championship. Any mistake, and I mean Joseph Newgarden is, is a force to be reckoned with right now. I would not want to be facing him it right feels now he's so very he's, 2017 scott dixon new new garden yep Just what was one. what was the year where dixon came storming back and tied montoya on at 15. sonoma 15 that's the uh great penske throwaway that's one of my all-time favorite races i think david lighting was in my house when we watched that. wasn't montoya didn't montoya and power make contact that race yeah, uh, Power spun Montoya. Yes, yes. Phenomenal. It's just a phenomenal case study in how to throw away a championship. We by should a team. we should do like a live stream and watch that race this this off season. Let's do it. We okay. should do yeah. We could do that for multiple races. Can we add like a fourth screen to this? Just like an idle screen of some kind. Oh, probably. I don't okay. really know. We'll investigate that. So yeah, Penske had a really good day. Newgarden first, Power third. McLaughlin fourth and Pagano eighth coming back from that wing damage. Um, so, you know, obviously Joseph good for the championship, but Scott McLaughlin apparently is a really good oval driver and a work in progress on road courses because that's exactly how that was supposed to be working this season, right? Totally. You know, the road course experience in Australia and V8 supercars means nothing when you come to IndyCar. And apparently it only translates to ovals. So make of that what you will, my friends. Yeah, I I don't think I think it's a very confusing. I mean, listen, I'm happy for Scotty. Don't get me wrong. But like, we've only had four ovals. So and he's he's gonna love Iowa. 
He will love Iowa. I'm calling podium at at least one Iowa race for McLaughlin next year. I am not writing that down. You think that we'll end up having a doubleheader in Texas with a doubleheader in Iowa? I hope not. I hope not either. Yeah, I guess we can we because did the, that happened after our episode last week. So Iowa is back for doubleheader Saturday, Sunday, July twenty third or something around there. Yeah. Uh, thanks to High V. Thanks to Bobby Rahal. Thanks to Roger Penske. Uh, I guess thanks to NASCAR because we are peaceful, peaceful and loving on this podcast. Uh, so yeah, so that's cool. That's gonna be back. Obviously, I will be there, and I hope all of my cohorts will be there too to celebrate Iowa being back because that's pretty you know awesome. It. But yeah, to recap our predictions and then to get to our driver of the day, no. I have to uh, throw in lighting because he decided to trash talk, or he wants me to read these so he can trash talk me later. So yeah, Felix Rosenquist is bad. Uh, okay. P sixteen, but. Uh, he had some mechanical befallings, so kind of half right. He had good as Joseph. Wow, really went on a ledge there. And then he had his dark horses daily. No, not really. I mean, 11th, but how many of that was just because people crashed? Yeah, but it's a Carlin yeah. car. No, yeah, but, but he got lo- he, If, if he nine guys one place ahead of Dalton Kellett. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will yeah. say that is Dalton Kellett's career best finish. Uh, so congrats on. I mean, he was actually. I think it's actually worse because he was running ninth. I think before he that. He was up last to eighth. Deal. Yeah, he was. He was up there actually. So his result actually probably should have been better. So I actually do want to kind of, sort of, somewhat give him a pat on the back for uh, his career best results. And I think that was one of our preseason predictions. So we'll have to figure that out after the season. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure I said that Dalton would not get a top. One of us said Dalton would not get a. I think top one of us said one, and one of us said two. If I remember correctly. Okay. I hope I'm right, but I doubt it. Uh, so as far as our predictions for good, you had Rossi. Yep. Thanks. Good job. Son of a bitch. Andretti Autosport can can send the bill to you. I had Pato. That's weird. It's really weird. Oh, must be nice. Who had uh, Sebastian Bourdais doing bad? Probably me. No, that was me. Oh, good. That was me. P5. That's not good. Uh, you had Ed Jones. That was a cop out and you know it. Uh, Dark Horse Top 10, I had... You picked Dalton Kellett to do bad last week, so please, save it for the cop-outs. Well, <laughs> let's not get bogged down on who picked... Let's not get bogged down on who picked Dalton Kellett where. Uh, it was also the second time they ran that course this year, so you know what? Don't want to hear it. Dark Horse Top 10, you picked Felix cop-out. I mean, it's not a cop-out because he... Yeah, because he's... Because <laughs> he, he finished finish. in the Top 10 yet this year. <laughs> yeah, last, last week. Oh, that's right. Uh... <laughs> no, in Nashville. Wasn't it Nashville? Nashville, whatever, two weeks ago. It's all this August was all one right giant race to me. All right. Uh so I had McLaughlin, you're welcome. And then you had Felix. So. Cop out. How's that a cop out? Are you kidding me? <laughs> rookie on the oval? I didn't know he was such a rookie or a oval guy until now. Well he did really good at Indy. The first Texas race was a little iffy, but the second Texas race is obviously really good. Or did I get those backwards? I might have gotten those no, backwards. No, it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, who was your guys' driver of the day? You know, this is uh, this is a monumentous occasion in the episode. This is Damn. nearly episode number 400, and the first time this, maybe the last time this will ever be said. But I'm going to give it to Dalton Kellett. Wow. Congrats, Dalton. Dalton. Dalton kept it clean. He was running in the top 10. He came home 12th, had a good day for Foyt, and... You know, there's not too much else to say other than that, but good for him. Good for you. 
Roman. Okay. Yeah, that's his finish. Doesn't doesn't even begin to tell the story. He got screwed on strategy. For sure. And then I will take Pato just because not only did he finish second, but it was a momentous day for his championship efforts. So now going to the West Coast, it's uh, it's going to come down to the wire here. Who was your uh, – I'm going to go first, actually, if you don't mind. Disappointment of the day is the Oval Specialist, obviously. Capping off another triumphant year of nothingness. Uh, oh. Pretty good. Oh. Oh. Oh, that, was, that was rough. Please that tell me I'm rough. wrong. You're not wrong. You're That's not the wrong. problem. Uh, a very, uh, very above average slash very good result at Indy, and then very forgettable everywhere else. It's almost like he should just be doing the Indy 500 only. And for those Ooh, who don't know who I'm talking about, idea. it's Ed, Carpen- Ed Carpenter. It's almost like they should run two full-time cars and then a third car at Indy. Am I crazy or what? No. I mean, you're crazy, but not for that. Well, that's fair. That's also not – it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Who do you guys got? What was the question? Disappointment of the day. And you, you, we can also do a special super secret. Who's your disappointing co-host of the weekend? Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to stay on the show. No, no kidding. Don't piss off the boss. <laughs> Uh, my disappointment. Every time I come on this show, it's the same answer. Rossi, what the hell are you doing? Well, you say that, but there was a host who predicted that he would do good. So I feel like when you when you say Rossi, you really mean host. Yes. Because he jinxes no. up. Every time he picks someone oh, to do good, they don't I do good. I know. I stopped jinxing him. And now, thanks. Thanks. Mike. Thanks, host. Thanks, host. All right, guys. Well, since I'm like feeling the love so much right now, I'm gonna let you guys do the rest of the episode. And oh no, we need your disappointment first before no. you just resign. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with Renus VK. Okay, cool. Thanks for answering. All right, moving on. <laughs> Don't give me that face. You love it. <laughs> All right, I'm not. What else do we got for news? So Max Chilton apparently doesn't want to be a Carlin unless they have a second full-time driver. What I mean, where? <laughs> what is what? Crybaby whiny pants think that he has any say over any of this. Okay, I, I I might go to bat for Max here because like yes, his results aren't there, but I totally see where he's coming from. I see, you know, he I mean because he said he in his interview, so bad he needs somebody else to go over de- data with. Well, okay. I mean that's kind of a valid point. I mean, if he's the one showing up to the weekend and like the most underfunded team on the grid as a solo car effort at a place like Nashville, that's an uphill climb. I will say the only part of it that I can maybe go like, ooh, is like Connor Daly actually does semi-decently well in the ovals in the Carlin entry. And he also doesn't have a data reference to use. You know, if if Chilton had like a good weekend once in a while, not like once a year, I'd go, okay, I, I, I understand your point. But the dude is never competitive. But I think it's like a vicious cycle almost. Like he's not competitive because he doesn't have the data points. Therefore, he's not going to be competitive. It's like, like, and I've been saying that all this whole time is that we need a second car in there so we can do a measuring stick of is it really Chilton or is it just the whole team is just not up to par? Can you stop making sense? Like, I'm not here for that. Sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> we can choose violence instead. Although I actually, on a personal I note, I, I actually do really like Max Chilton. I do think he's uh, actually a terrific dude. I just, it is kind of a bummer to see him in this rut of nothingness for so long. Because, and I do, 
I'm not going to sit here and say it's maybe not all the driver, but I definitely think there's more to the story there. So I will go to bat for Max on that one. Your logic is annoying. Sorry. Accurate, do we see but him? Annoying. But do you see him following through? So let's say no. they can't secure a Connor Daly or a Felipe Nasser or somebody. Do you think he's going to be at Carlin next year regardless? And I, I think one of his the flaws of his logic too is that if he's not going to do the ovals, I don't think a team will take him. Unless he goes to Dale Coyne. Coyne, okay. Carpenter. That's it. I mean, they would each have a car that doesn't do oil. oil Bobby Rahal could laugh him out of the room. Yeah. Or he could just throw his name in for the third Rahal car because everybody else is. I just don't feel like there's enough seat availability that it, there's really any logical spot for Chilton to go. And I just don't like, I you know, maybe and maybe it comes off this way because it's you know written, a written article. I just don't like the, t- like, uh, reading it and I'm just anticipating he's saying it in this, like, snotty, bratty way and it God, just annoys so me. I know he's not listening, but Max, I, I, I got your back. He does come off as snotty and maybe he's not. I've only, so yeah, I mean, that maybe that's part of it too. I've only ever had positive interactions with Max at a track. When have you had interactions was, with Matt? Or Max, uh, I talked sorry. to him for a little bit at Detroit 2019, okay. and then I ran into him at Iowa 2018, and that one was incognito. I don't think I was very involved in the podcast at that point. So that was just you were, f- you were. Well, I mean, at the track, I don't know if oh, I was okay. actually doing anything. I think I was just as a fan, and he was very nice to me. So maybe Aww. that's part of it. But that's cute. I know my heart fluttered a little. Oh. What else we got? I think the only two that I have remaining that I made a note of was number one. Uh, since we talked about that Iowa press conference, just confirming that Ray Hall is running three cars next year, uh, Ivy backing that third one. Uh, it pretty much seems like Jack Harvey was confirmed on racer today as to going to that second car. Uh, Sato apparently is on his way out. Um, we have it on fairly strong grounds that Simon Pagano will be in IndyCar next year, but not with Team Penske. Uh, so we shared that on Twitter this weekend based on some stuff we heard at the paddock at St. Louis. So thank you to you two for that. And then the last one was Hunter Ray is looking for a fresh start. So me and Mike leading this train of he's going to retire for the last two years is turning out to be as solid as Scott Speed not running in the 2011 Indy 500. So, any comments on any of that? I feel like Ryan Hunter-Ray would be a good spot for the another a, a, a better fit than Max Chilton for the 20 car at Ed Carpenter. He can run the, oval, uh, the streets and road courses and then do the 500. He's probably got some sort of funding, so he would he would help there. And yeah, I would look for a Ray an, another Ray Hall announcement before the season ends. And what else did you say? Pagano, uh, yeah, same same thing. He's going to be in IndyCar next year. We'll leave Yay. it at that. I second all of this. Look at that. She's she's like Mike is so right. I'm not even going to continue. I'm, I'm I have nothing to add. This no, is a she, monumentous moment in the episode. She just didn't want to choose violence on you for once. Just for once. I will say that I wouldn't hate if Connor Daly RHR teaming at ECR. I think that's an interesting combo. Oh, wait. So, 
on that, since we basically just alluded to the fact that Pagano is going to be an IndyCar next year, but implying that he's not going to be a Penske, where are they going to stick with four cars? Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm still going to say they're, I want to Kirk say they're going to go Wood. with four. Kirkwood, Kirkwood. Yeah, no, no. Kirkwood seems like a perfect fit for the 18 car with his Lexus, with his Aim Vassar connections already. Kirkwood has Aim Vassar connections? Yeah, he's done a couple IMSA races. I don't think Michael will let him go. And if he does, that that's uh, oversight, we'll say. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, but if everything comes true that we've said, I don't think there's a seat for him at Andretti. Well, who, oh, I guess Grosjean and DiFrancesco. Yeah, I mean that's the you know the new rumor today is Di Francesco. I don't know how much stock well, I put a, into that one. He's got funding. So. Yeah, that's yeah. He's he's definitely got the funding. That's there's no doubt about that with this CBD and Cold Stone and whatever else, uh, whatever they're coming. Oh, it was CBD. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shannon Shannon debunked me very quickly on that one. Yes, she chose You're violence. Welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Daily, every day. I don't know if we have anything else. Let's. I'm looking at the news here and. Oh. We could do one more thing. You could do one more thing, if you uh, want. You want it. You want to debate it or not? I'm scared but intrigued. Picky. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't Kyle either. Larson. Oh yeah. Oh, Thank you. Oh, I forgot to yes. bring up last week. Oh my god. <laughs> On the IndyCar side of things, Kyle Larson said he would come. He would do the Indy 500 if the right opportunity came about. That stems from a Robin Miller article saying that Kyle Larson is the best driver on planet Earth at the moment. In the entire universe. You know what's even more annoying? And uh, I know I said said this. I'm totally ignoring that. I, I said this to Shannon and was it was it Kevin? I, it was somebody. Was we were in we were at we were at uh, Big Woods. Uh, Saturday after the IndyCar race at IMS. So the article on The Athletic that said you can mention his name with Mario Andretti and AJ Foyt is so obscenely absurd. And I'm not going to... Listen, Kyle Larson is incredibly talented. I have no issue with that. But the minute you put him in the same sentence as Mario Andretti, AJ Foyt, Anybody else? You know, Kyle Larson hasn't won shit in IndyCar yet. So to, to compare the two of them or the three of them or whoever is just like you had to be drunk writing that article. Well, I just think I thought that one of my favorite comments came on Twitter from a user who said, sure, Juan Montoya has won Monaco, the Indy 500 twice, an IndyCar championship, could hang with Michael Schumacher, just won at Le Mans last weekend in his class. But Kyle Larson's leading NASCAR championship and can win a every other day. <laughs> that was like And listen, he's No, he's in, he's the best at what he does, but he's not the be- he's not the best driver in the world. And I would st- I would go to bat and say if I had to put any driver in a car, no matter what the car was and no matter what the object was or the objective was, it's Juan Montoya. 100%. I was going to go with Scott Dixon, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, like, Scott Dixon is a gifted human. I just like the track record that Juan Montoya has all through all of the disciplines. And I guess Dixon is very good at endurance racing, too, which bodes very well for your argument. I think 
Kyle Larson, is, you know, there's plenty of time in his career. I mean, I think he's still very young, isn't he? Is he like 27-ish, or is he, am I wrong there? Yeah, and he's a baby, and he, I'm, I don't think that he can't not do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think he's earned those accolades just yet because you're only running NASCAR and dirt. If you had done sports cars, indie cars, NASCAR, dirt, maybe we'll give you something. I mean, even him himself just said, I'd have a whole lot to learn. So even he himself is is not on that I'm the greatest driver ever train. Yeah, he's 29. So people just need to, like, give it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 29 years he's old. He's great. So. He's talented at what he does. I agree with you. I'm just annoyed by the conversation. Yeah. So you got plenty of time left to do things like the Indy 500, like endurance racing, Le Mans, things like that. Because at NASCAR right now and at dirt racing, it's hard to bet against him. But... There is more outside of the world. than j- It's like, you know, when Formula One says they have the greatest drivers in the world and then IndyCar is like, we have the best drivers in the world. It's like, that's all relative, though. It's it's, it's hard to yeah. compare one to the other. Yeah, like we have the greatest drivers of our series. Yeah, car drivers in the world <laughs> racing IndyCar. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's just, I, I respect Kyle Larson. I hope he's learned from his past mistakes. I'm just going to leave it at that because. Yeah, not actively rooting against him, but I no. I think he, he he can definitely get there one day. I just It's not yet. And it's not his fault either. He's not the one saying it. It's other people saying it on his behalf. So um, I hope he's not like I annoyed. I hope that. he's not annoyed by this discussion because or like, you know, the discussion that follows that because it's not his fault. You know who is annoyed by it? Kyle Busch. <laughs> uh, well, he's got 200 I mean, NASCAR I'm, wins, so he's obviously the greatest yeah. ever. Oh, duh. He's. I mean, he's like easily better than Mario and Richard, Michael Schumacher combined. Richard Petty. Yeah, Richard Petty. Yeah, who is that? <laughs> well, I think that's about it, guys. Shannon, thank you for hanging out, and thank you for joining us. Matt? Anything else? No, thanks for thanks for coming, Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, have a lovely weekend. Bye. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience go to podgo.co at podgo.co and let them know that we sent you there lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details